Hook on the Six Nations. This is cruel punishment for Italy. Advantage being played out, it goes, and Gilroy has a hat trick. The tries rain down in Rome for Ireland. They finish with another, they pass 60 points. A record win for Ireland over Italy in the Six Nations. What a win to get Ireland going again. A hat-trick for Gilroy. But what questions will be asked of Italy and where do they go now? Well, thank you for joining me as we look back at week two of the Six Nations Championship. The first thing is that it's hard to put into context this Irish performance. Um, The one Irish context that I... Uh, thought about um, on Saturday afternoon was how my good friend Conor O'Shea must be feeling and how he must be thinking about his decision to take charge of the Italians because the Italians were simply outclassed. The Italians weren't awful. The Italians weren't bad. The Italians were extraordinarily brave, in fact. And as you would expect by a team managed by Conor O'Shea, um, they were really well organized. The problem was they just were not good enough. In fact, if there were promotion and relegation in the Six Nations Championship, it's quite possible that Georgia might take uh, Italy's place. So, Here's the point. We cannot assess this Irish performance because of the opposition. And uh, also, mathematically, although we got a bonus point, the way the other results were, in other words, Scotland getting a losing uh, bonus point against France, Wales getting a losing bonus point against England, means that we will need a pretty favourable set of results if we are to win this championship uh, on the St. Patrick's weekend. So, uh, everybody came out really with a high mark, most notably, I think, uh, Paddy Jackson. Uh, again, bearing in mind the opposition, I'm not going to say it anymore, but every time you listen to me now, will you just in your head sort of say, bearing in mind the opposition? I thought Jackson was smashing. I thought he was incredibly positive. Uh, He constantly tested the the defence. Some of his passing was really good. And uh, I just thought he was was smashing. Um, Everywhere else, it worked, to be honest. Uh, And uh, it's hard to say what Schmidt has learned about it. I suppose what he's learned most about it is that he succeeded in getting the bus on time to the stadium because he attempted to persuade us for the last week that the bus being late for the Scottish match was the reason we lost. So... That's what it was. What was good about it? I think the scrum was sound against good Italian scrum. The line-out worked uh, very well. Uh, Ringrose had a much better match. Uh, the arrival of Gilroy showed that he's a live contender. And there's a possibility for next week that Sexton will be back. Although me personally... Uh, there must be a case for keeping Paddy Jackson. 
unless Sexton is 110% fit, there is now no reason at all to force Sexton to play unless he is 100% fit. Everything else, I think, will remain the same. You can't make changes after a fantastic performance. Nine tries, like, you just can't change it. Although we hear about an injury to Carney, uh, that could well mean Zebo to full back, Gilroy, Gilroy onto the wing, or indeed Trimble. Uh, who knows? But selection won't be the issue against France. But later in the week, uh, we'll be talking about that French match in our Six Nations preview. If we look at the entire week, then, uh, you have France, a a good win against Scotland, uh, showing that under Novège, for the first time in the best part 10 years, France actually have a coach. Uh, And when you think the difficulty Novège has that there are so French, so few French men actually playing club rugby, like three at Toulon or four at Racing or three at Toulouse or whatever. Picking a French team is very difficult. <clears throat> like all French teams, they're not very fit, but they are very big. So what they will do is they will attempt to bully us up front and some of the rugby they played, I thought, against Scotland was at times sublime. And to be fair to the Scots, the Scots kept going on the same plan as they had used against us, which makes them very exciting. So France are going to be difficult. They're going to give us uh, a contest at the scrum, at the line-out, in the open field. They probably have the best number eight in the championship in the ship at Pigamole. Uh They have a fabulous back line. They've got a great goal kicker in Lopez. So this is a good French team. However, they're playing Dublin, not, you know, a place they do terribly well. Uh, We've got a chance, we're at home, but I'll be talking more about that. Um, On the other hand, then, you had this unbelievable match in Cardiff. And I remember, as a coach and as a player, you had this great phrase that winning is a habit. Well, if ever uh, the habit of winning were proven, it was proven by England, where they just felt uh, they could win the match no matter what time it was on the clock. And all it required was a bad kick by uh, Jonathan Davies that gives England a chance to score. And I must say, George Ford's assessment and vision was, was just super. But... All John Davies had to do was kick the ball into the third row of the stand and the match was over. Uh, and he didn't do that, which, you know, um, brought memories back for me of a long time ago. 1995, I think it was. 91, in fact. Ireland against Australia were winning injury time and scrum half Rob Saunders could have put the ball in the, in the stand. He didn't. And Australia scored. Um, so... Uh, that's Wales. I think Wales in Cardiff are going to be very difficult for us. There's no question or doubt uh, about that. Italy are clearly going to get worse as it goes on. And this could be their most embarrassing uh, championship since, in fact, they entered the tournament. Uh, and then there's England. Uh, England, of course, have only played two matches. <laughs> they still have two more to go. Uh, that they've got to win. But my heavens, you have to think that they're going to beat Scotland and Italy, which sets up the match in the Aviva on the St. Patrick's weekend. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic contest, irrespective of 
uh, where the two teams are. It will either be Ireland trying to spoil the English party, which is what I think the position will be, because England are almost certain to come there unbeaten. Or uh, if we win, we could win the championship rather than just be spoiled sports. I don't think a win against England will win us the championship. I don't think that's the. I don't think the arithmetic is going to stack up in that way as I think we're going to find it exceedingly difficult uh, to beat uh, France at home and Wales away, to win both of them. That's what I'm talking about, uh, with the bonus point. I think to, the best we could hope for would be eight points in those two games. So I'm sort of getting ahead of myself, but I'm really getting ahead of myself because how do you talk about uh, a nine-try demolishing of a very poor team. I have to say, because obviously I have more interest in Italy than I normally would have because of my friend Con Roche's involvement, my friend Stephen Abood's involvement, who's, who's head of, of uh, sort of player development, and Mike Cash, uh, all people uh, to greater or lesser degree that I know. Um, the Italy under-20s, did really well against the, against the Ireland 20s. And that Connor talks about developing young players. And I think that's important for him and will give him hope. And then the other thing, strangely enough, it won't affect Connor, but I thought the Italian women were smashing. Uh, against the Irish women. They eventually finished up losing fairly convincingly, but I thought the Italian women were very good, again demonstrating uh, that, it, and there was a great crowd there as well, uh, watching the game, demonstrating that the health of Italian rugby, despite the results at Treviso, at Zebre, and at national level, might be a lot stronger than we think. Finally, because it's... Uh, a big bugbear of mine, the Irish-Italy women's game demonstrated once again that playing with a full-size football is absolutely the wrong thing for women. Women throw smaller shot puts, throw smaller javelins, use a smaller basketball, a smaller soccer ball, a smaller Gaelic football. Rugby alone of women's sports uses a full-size implement. And if you watch the match and you saw just how poor the passing was, because the ball is too big. It's just too big. The kicking isn't good enough. The place kicking isn't good enough. And the passing isn't good enough because the ball is too big. And let me tell you why it became too big. It Because women's rugby essentially developed in the United States where it was seen as in the van of gender equality and American women just refused to play with a smaller ball because they thought they were losing the argument, which of course, as you and I both know, was a whole load of Balderdash. Well, that's Hook this week's review of the Six Nations Championship. It remains the greatest rugby tournament on earth. And next weekend will be what uh, Americans in golf call moving day.